is Kelly Carlin, and welcome to Waking from the American Dream. In the second month of Trump, end of February, we stepped on Mexico's neck, said we'll wreck your economy. You will pay for our wall, or we'll lay you low, and we were at war with Mexico. In the fourth month of Trump, he said, Trudeau, you punk. We'll build a wall between us and you, and you'll pay for it, too. They said, we're not coming in, but Trump, he gave a shout, said this one's to keep us from getting out. On the fifth month of Trump, he made a deal with Japan, sold them a nuclear bomb. They made a deal with South Korea Sold them a nuclear bomb They made a deal with North Korea Sold them a nuclear bomb And some really, really terrific stakes In the seventh month of Trump He sent the Muslims out Threw them over the walls The Canadian and Mexican walls Said now that Muhammad Ali's gone, I can't think of another Muslim. I don't know him. We don't need him. Get out! In the eighth month of Trump, Yosemite became a golf course, Grand Canyon a spa resort. We had a national private police force. Sold Alaska back to Putin, and then Putin. Trump got drunk, got strippers, and made some really, really terrifically bad deals. In the tenth month of Trump, we carpet bombed Cameroon. It was meant to be Iran. Apologize, we don't apologize. In the fifteenth month of Trump, we blew up the moon. Frankly, the moon deserved to be roughed up a little. If any country has a problem with that, they can expect similar treatment. In the 19th month of Trump, he made a deal with China to build them a new wall. Not a great wall, a really terrific wall. In the 20th month of Trump, he fracked all of Montana. Came out in Australia, said to be honest, time for Australia to move to the northern hemisphere. And you know who's going to pay for it? China and Mexico. In the 21st month of Trump, he left the planet in a fireball caused by tremendous flooding from a really, really terrific tsunami triggered by great, great earthquakes on account of global warming. A very, very bad, really completely fabricated hoax. And all he left behind were some Art of the Deal book seats signed and an empty golden chair and a very high stack of orange hair. And we swept the floors and washed the sheets, cleaned dishes, mowed the lawn. The stuff you do when your drunken uncle's finally gone. 
wives and jobs and children Get along with our neighbors Compassion breathing, growing And you know how good you feel When you finally take that dump That's how it was After those 21 months of Trump Hello, everyone. It is December 5th. I know it's been a while. Yes, it's been a while. Those are words I say a lot lately with this podcast. It's been a while. I've been busy away from the microphone trying to figure out who the fuck I am. And now in December, December 5th, 2016, I'm trying to figure out where the fuck I live, basically. Uh, So, you know, uh, I've been busy. Either way, trying to work shit out, work shit shit out of my head. But um, I felt compelled to come back here because, uh, you know, first of all, A, it's the end of the year, and I always like to talk to people at the end of the year, you know, give some perspective, that kind of stuff. Um, But also I thought, I need to talk about what's going on. I can't not talk about what's going on, Um, even though I, I don't. I don't have any answers for you people. So uh, I've been writing a bit, sitting down and just kind of writing and letting things come and just trying to sort my thoughts out with all of that and uh, thought I would share a little bit of that with you today. I've got two pieces. They kind of meld together. Um, But I think I'm in general calling this self-care in Trumplandia. I don't know about you, but I'm exhausted. I'm swinging vigorously between cold sweats of holy shit, the world is ending and angrily fist eating chocolate laced in vodka. Every once in a while, I stumble outside to stare at a tree to remind myself that beauty still exists and that at least the new administration can't take that away from me. Yet. So this is what I've been asking myself this last few weeks. Is this a temporary panic or is this how life in America is going to be for the foreseeable future, aka hopefully only the next four years? If you remember, this summer I took three months off from social media and found my center again. I walked away from the echo chamber, the dark need to stay relevant, and the glare of projections from my father's fans and felt free for the first time in years. If it wasn't for the most ironic need to promote my dad's posthumous album that I proudly helped to produce, I probably would still be gone. Or at least that's what I thought then. Oh, I was so innocent in mid-September. Once I was back on social media and the election approached, all self-control disappeared faster than an eight ball of coke up my ex-husband's nose. 
I went into DEFCON save the country mode, like every other person with a social media account. We all hoped and prayed that our two cents would add up to something. It didn't. But did I learn? Did I recognize that my tweets were just bouncing off mostly friendly ears who bounce them off of mostly other friendly ears? No, of course not. Who am I today? Well, I am the one who jumps onto social media and becomes a frenzied retweeting machine. I'm now following more investigative journalists than comedians. I'm convinced that if we warn about the potential for anarchy, disassembling our republic, and dismantling the safety net, it will not happen. Every time I go over there onto social media, I feel like the house is on fire, and if I don't run around screaming, we will all die fun times. And it's only 28 days after the election. He's not even in the White House yet. I have some business colleagues that voted for him. They want change. They didn't like Obama. They weren't like Muslim, Kenyan, not like Obama. They just didn't like Obama and his policies. They tell me to wait and see. With every announcement of advisors, appointments, and such, I want to call them and say, okay, I waited. Look what he's doing. Now what do we do? But I don't. Now, I know my personal state of mind is not that important when compared to the potential of damage to the foundation that we as a nation face if DT, no, I will not say his name, does all that we think he will do. But in some ways, it is. And so is yours. There's a practice that I have learned in my spiritual path, and it is based on the concept of acceptance. Being with what is. I'll tell you right now, it's not fun at first. We humans don't do it well. In fact, we're really shitty at it. We'd rather be doing anything other than be with what is. But I have found after almost two decades of practice, when I can do it, things shift and I regain my ability to think, plan, and act from wisdom. Those are pretty important things. When we are pushing reality away, we are stuck in survival mode, using the parts of our brain that lizards use for all of their brain. You know, the fight, flight, freeze, and fuck and eat brain. There's not a whole lot of actual thinking going on, and there's zero compassion. Lizards are not known for their warm and fuzziness. Now, I'm not saying that we should all lay down, accept our fate, and take it up the ass. Acceptance is not the first step of normalization. What I am saying is, look, this has happened. This has happened. He is the guy. What I am saying is that we need to take five, breathe, so we can find our center and fill back up the well. How do you want to walk through life the next four years? Yelling and screaming all day, like I do on social media? Or attacking people? Or waking up in terror? I'm guessing that's a no for most of you. So how do you want to walk through life the next four years? Who do you want to be? A few days after the election, I told my husband, Bob, 
I cannot wallpaper the inside of my heart and mind with these men I hate and live in fear. I had eight years of that during the Bush administration, and I can't do it to myself again. I won't. I know that I need to be able to step away from the fray to get perspective. I know that I need beauty, laughter, and love in my day. I know that I have a voice and want to use it for good, for the common good. I know I have life experience that can be translated and communicated so that it can uplift, strengthen, and entertain my fellow woman and man. I know that I want to reach out and alleviate the suffering no matter who is being crushed by the weight of it. Twitter used to be my playground, a place to get informed about events and mainstream media is slow, as you know, to pick up on many of these things. I loved playing stupid hashtag games, getting snarky during award shows, and meet people who share similar dreams as me. I'm not sure that's possible anymore. Maybe we'll move on from triage mode and into some other kind of different mode where we can balance terror with fun. I know that offline I can do that still. I hope my online world follows suit. I keep reading that this is not the true America. This is not the America I know. Guess what? It is. If you really think that, you're in denial, you know, because this did happen. This is the true America. You can use any excuse you want as a Monday morning quarterback after this election, but it's pointless. It's a distraction. Once again, acceptance is not normalization. It's just dealing with reality. Here we are, America. Here we are. Actually, in reality, we've been a deeply divided nation for decades. I mean, since the 1960s, a good portion of the country has believed that we have been going in the wrong direction. That, folks, is reality. So what if we were to put down all the hand-wringing and analysis and infighting and hysteria just for a few days and instead let ourselves really sit with this thought? This is how it is. This is America. This is America in 2016. It's not going away anytime soon. It's not easy or really fixable, ever. It is potentially able to be transformed but not fixed. This is how it is. So maybe we stop tweeting, blogging, drinking, sleeping, celebrating, some people are, hating. Just stop, 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 and really sit with reality. Let's sit with our feelings. Yeah, I know, we don't do that well or easily most of the time, but hey, no time like the present to begin the path of self-awareness and resilience. Well, in fact, we've run out of time, so we got to start this now all of us. This is where we are today as a nation for whatever reason. Put aside the need to find a reason today or assign blame and just sit with, here we are, deeply divided, with a president-elect whose agenda looks dangerous to some and refreshing to others, but mostly unknown to everyone. The unknown is scary as shit. Another thing we don't do well as humans, sit with the unknown. Here we are with a nation of people, most of which feel unseen and unheard by the powers that be and have one way or another 
for the last 16 years of two presidencies. Those of a more traditional leaning have felt unheard by Obama, and those of a more modern leaning felt unheard by Bush. And then there are many of those that are more independent in their politics who have felt unheard for decades, no matter who's been in charge. Most of us, at one time or another, feel utterly powerless in the machinations of our country's power structure. We all know what it feels like to live in exile. And today, with social media giving voice to anyone who cares to join it, we are surrounded by the loudest, most active of those exiled people who are entrenched in their values, living in a bubble, and unwilling to even see the other side as human. Here we are with all of our major institutions crumbling or deeply weakened or precariously ripe for going away. Here we are facing unprecedented weather and climate-related changes, whatever you believe the cause. Here we are with a past enemy, Russia, getting stronger by the day, and a new enemy, ISIL, willing to fight in ways no one can combat systemically. We did this. All of us. We did this as citizens. We did this by whatever means we participated in life in the last few decades. Here we are. So I thought I would take you all on a little journey. So if you want to get comfortable, pull the car over to the side of the road, close your eyes, and let me take you on a little adventure. I want you to imagine that you have a beam of light coming out of the top of your head and it's going straight up into outer space. There's a color associated with this beam of light. I don't know what it is, but you know what it is. You can see it right now coming out of the top of your head. And I want you to imagine that you are letting yourself be lifted, your point of view, up that beam of light so that you leave your car or your house and you're looking down at the earth and you're seeing your car or house below you and then you go even further up and you see your neighborhood and then you see your city and then you see the region you are in and then you see your state and then before you know it, you are floating above the earth in a spot where you can clearly see the whole sphere. You're okay. You can breathe. But just let yourself imagine looking down at this sphere. You're looking down at the many shades of blue and green and browns on this big ball. Land masses and great oceans and little hats of ice on the poles. Now imagine looking down at this planet, but Maybe the land masses don't look exactly like the ones that you normally know on Earth. They're slightly different shapes, slightly different contours. It could even be just a view of the Earth from upside down. You know, us North Americans are so used to seeing it from one direction. But it's almost as if this planet is perfectly familiar and home, and yet alien at the same time. Not quite the one we're used to. Whatever it is, imagine the sphere in a new and fresh way for yourself. Now I want you to imagine a pretty big-sized country on this sphere. 
Maybe it's a country we've never encountered or seen or lived in, but it has many similarities to America in 2016. You see its people facing what I described earlier, deeply divided, a lot of unknowns, a lot of fear, a lot of uncertainty. Some people deeply optimistic, excited, feel like their voice is finally being heard. No matter what, though, you see all of these people. You really see them. All of these people. They're not quite Americans, but they're in some big country somewhere. And you feel them. You can feel them, all of them. You could look into their eyes if you could. Even though you're floating way above the earth, you can imagine looking into the eyes of farmers and bankers, hipsters, factory workers, teachers, busboys, nurses, CEOs, salespeople, truck drivers, lawyers, actors, farmhands, border patrol people, governors, nannies. You get the idea. Lots of different faces. You see them in their workplace. They stop, look up, and see you too. You lock eyes. You look at the women, the men, the gender fluid. You look at white faces, brown faces, black faces. You look at those people. You look at the people who have been on this earth for millennia. You look at those people who parents arrived in that country a few hundred years ago. You look at those people who arrived last century and for those who have just arrived. Take your time. See them all. The ageless, the timeless, the young, the old, the elderly faces of the silent generation, the aging boomer faces, the middle-aged faces of the Gen Xers, the young adult faces of the millennials, and the fresh young faces of all the rest. These people that you can see, they are divided people. They all hurt for many reasons. Feel alone, abandoned, misunderstood. They don't understand what is happening in the world. They feel powerless. They need help. Each one of them sees some of their fellow citizens as others, as stupid, selfish, lazy, sensitive, cold, divisive. Each one of them sees some of their fellow citizens as allies, intelligent, ethical, righteous, compassionate. See their faces. See the divide inside of their minds and hearts. Now let your heart go out to all of them. These strange people in this large country on this alien planet. Let your heart and compassion 
wash over them. From where you are, you don't know who they voted for or what their philosophies are. You just see their suffering. What would you like to say to these people? All of them. What would you offer to them for a small first step towards something different? That's all I got. <laughs> um, so I know we've never done anything like that here before, but I was writing, and I do this like a lot when I um, lead groups and stuff like that and I do visualizations and I had this big powerful moment of like, oh my God, we could do a visualization for America. <laughs> and uh, so play around with this. I don't know. Make this maybe a daily practice for yourself. I don't know what, there's no, there's no solution that's going to come out of us, at least what I understand, thinking the way we do or being angst-ridden the way we are or being in our political positions the way we are and our camps and our teams and our tribes and all that kind of shit. Um, you know, I think it was Einstein or, who said, you know, you can't solve a problem with the same thinking that created it. So we need a larger perspective. And look, I'm not saying don't pay attention. I'm not saying don't be on the front lines. I'm not saying don't be an activist. Um, do all of those things. Those are all very important. But at the same time, we need to do something different. And I really do believe that holding a broader space for our perspective, for this country as a whole, and really ultimately for the planet. I mean, that's ultimately the biggest perspective we need. But right now, this America needs a little TLC and needs a little triage work. It really does. So I'm focusing on our country. But, um, and, and the other thing too is, I think it's really important during these times to take care of ourselves. I don't know what kind of practice you have in doing that. Um, I know I was being funny in the essay and talking about, you know, teetering between being terrified and binge drinking vodka laced with chocolate. But, um, uh, you know, in the first couple of weeks I was, but um, that's not going to sustain me. I can't numb myself from this stuff. And I refuse... I think I gained 15 pounds during the Bush administration. I cannot afford to gain 15 pounds of my life anymore. <laughs> so I know I can't emotionally eat too. So we need to find a different a different system for ourselves for self-care. So if you already have something like that in place, like a meditation practice or a yoga practice, or you run, exercise, nature, Anything that involves not a f having a phone or a computer on, first of all, would really, really helps. Um, and yes, we need to stay informed. Read your newspapers, read magazines, follow investigative journalists. Um, stop reading fake news on Facebook. <laughs> or at least if you do see a news item, get really curious about it and do some research. Uh, it's not that hard to find out if a news item is fake or not. It takes about probably five minutes. Um, but let's, let's be willing to hold each other in this country in a new perspective 
and understand that underneath all of the, even the most extreme version of intolerance on the most extreme version of the right, underneath that is a human who is suffering somewhere. And no, we can't reach him by doing yoga with him or her or even maybe even having a conversation. I don't know. We might. But um, we can at least remember that they are human too. And that's the most important thing because my house is creaking. The one thing about authoritarian regimes, if that is where we are going, some people think we are, is that they will want to dehumanize and make each of us hate each other and not think of each other as human anymore. And yes, we need to fight for our rights and be strong, but don't give your soul away. It's not worth it in the end. Stay human. Gonna take an Adderall holiday Gonna just let down for a couple days Gonna take an Adderall holiday All right, folks, thank you for joining me today. Um, it was great to be here with you. And um, I don't have anything. To, oh, I have something to promote. You know, it's Christmas time. My book is out in paperback, A Carlin Home Companion, Growing Up with George. And yes, I moved on from being my father's daughter in public. But I have to say, this book really has, I mean, it has to do with my dad, but it's not about my dad. It's about my life's journey. And really, more importantly, it's about your life journey because I'm a human. I've had a human journey as you are having one too. And if you know my podcast here, you know that... Um, it's all about sharing that. So um, if you haven't read it, I really would love it if you would want to buy it. And if you want to give it to someone who you love, it's great. It's in paperback now. It's very exciting. And if you want me to sign your book, either hardback or paperback, you can go to georgecarlin.com where we have a little store and you can buy it there and I will sign it for you. And while you're there, you can buy some stuff. <laughs> We've got some great stuff on my dad's too there, which is kind of fun. So um, Logan, as you know, Logan, who is our dear, dear podcast czar. No, he's not a czar. That's not the right word. I don't know what that would be. Um, he's helped us uh, for the last two years put all that stuff together. So um so basically the Carlin shit is over there if you, you want to buy any of it. And uh and that's it. And Logan has a new EP out. What's the name of your EP, Logan? Nighttime. Oh, that's right. It's the nighttime EP. And uh and Logan's been popping up on Facebook Live. Are you gonna do another one of those? I am. Yes. It was so great. I happened to be online when I was like this little thing came up. Logan Heftel is on live at Facebook. And I went over there and he did a little mini concert. It was fucking fantastic. So um, you know, everyone follow and um follow and like, just like him, just like Logan, please. Logan Heftel on uh, the Facebook and uh, check out his music. It's always, uh, it's always beautiful and refreshing and smart. And the music today is from our friend of the podcast, Dan Byrne, because, well, you know, Trumplandia, here we are. I hope you enjoyed it and go and buy some of his CDs. And, you know, Logan's too, because we need to 
have music in our life. Lots of music. (laughs) All right, everyone. Have a Merry Christmas. Yeah, I said Merry Christmas. Fuck you. And a Happy Hanukkah. And uh, whatever else you do, uh, we'll be lighting some candles and burning some things here for the winter solstice because we're a bunch of fucking heathens. (gasps) Oh, and I know what else I wanted to promote. Speaking of heathens, in January... I am going to be launching an online an online course called The Curious Heathen, A Path to Awakening Without Giving Up Your Intellect, Irreverence, or Badass Self. So uh, more to come on that. Follow me on Facebook, on Twitter. I'm Kelly underscore Carlin on Twitter, and I'm just Kelly Carlin on Facebook. Come and like my like page. Um, but more importantly, come to my website that Logan and I will be fixing today. Um, so that you can sign up for my email list. And if you go to the teaching tab and uh, you'll see a little MailChimp thing to sign into. And that way you'll know for sure when I'm launching my course and you can sign up for it. And I'm going to keep it affordable and we're going to have some fun. And it's my first time teaching online. And we're going to do a little mindfulness and a little other stuff. But we're going to be uh, creating space for you for self-care for 2017 really important. So if you like what I do here on the podcast, you'll love what I'm going to be doing in the course. And I would love to have you all there. So have a great end of the year and um, we will get back to you before you know who takes the office. All right, guys, have a good one. Baseball was starting, the Warriors were closing in on the Bulls 72 and 10. The Dodgers still hadn't figured out Yasiel Puig, they were batting him second again. Protest songs were on everybody's mind. Where have all the protest singers gone? Protest comes from the basement and the streets, not the seven times an hour pop songs. I love you more, more than I can say. I want to spend with you all the hours of my days. And if our time's cut short for any reason, breathe through the days and the nights of the season. Sometimes I didn't care And I talked to my neighbors And I talked to my friends I talked to the cats Like they were eight-year-old boys And if our time for any reason is small Walk strong through the kingdom And the mountains and the hall I'll be with you 
glass of gasoline Wolves were panhandling by the exit to the freeway Would you have a dollar or two to give? And I was trying to make the difficult transition To a new thing and immediately make it lucrative They'd stop and bow their heads until you kiss them And miracles were everywhere but always in the little things If you sneezed or blinked or coughed you'd miss them Short for any reason